I can't go to the auto worker in Ohio and say, please give me some of your money so that I can do this program over here someplace else that really isn't helping anybody. Really? Isn't helping anybody? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 FM WLRI News Radio, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, in Columbus, Ohio, on the Green Renaissance Network, WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York, on 102.9 FM WLPP. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, on WPRR Public Reality Radio. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on the great AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe every day. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. Thank you, one and all affiliates and one and all listeners for joining us today. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and muckraker. From Bradblog dot and Swell Fellow. Yeah, don't I forget forgot. that. I forgot that I was also swell today from Bradblog.com. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, you know who else is swell? Uh, uh, someone on the Twitters. I'll presume she is a woman. She calls herself Nurse Ratched. And she uh, she tweeted last night, I am far more likely to die from lack of access to affordable health care than I am from an attack by Islamic terrorists. Good point. Very good point. Um, Nonetheless, the debate over Donald Trump and uh, the Republican congressional leadership's much criticized and frankly deadly plan uh, to repeal and replace Obamacare moves forward. Uh, Today, before meeting with veterans groups at the White House, Donald Trump said changes will be made to the uh, legislation as it is currently written in order to help bring the far-right members of the U.S. House on board before a full house, uh, full vote on the legislation takes place in the House, uh, now scheduled for next Thursday in the U.S. House. We'll see if that comes about. Uh, that, after the, uh, after the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office has already determined that some 24 million Americans would lose health coverage over the next 10 years, with the legislation as it is currently written. And that's before trying to appease uh, the, the far-right House Republican Freedom Caucus that uh, Donald Trump says he has now won over. He says he's won over about 12 votes, uh, which would, in theory, be enough to, uh, to see the legislation pass the U.S. House. Passing the U.S. Senate, however, is a different matter since the legislation would have to be adjusted in the opposite direction in order to pass 
the U.S. Senate. Uh, at the same time, the debate over Trump's spending priorities continues today in the wake of his proposed budget cuts, his draconian budget cuts for the uh, for the coming fiscal year. As outlined in the White House budget proposal delivered to Congress and made public on Thursday called uh, America First, a budget blueprint to make America great again. Trump's call for massive cuts to science and health research based federal agencies, as well as to the arts and aid programs to help feed the poor, both in the U.S. and in uh, the more and more war ravaged nations around the globe. Uh, those cuts have come under fire from from many quarters, uh, but they are necessary, the White House claims, in order to pay for billions of dollars in new spending to build up the military and to pay for Trump's wall on the U.S.-Mexico border, which I guess Mexico will not be paying for after all. Uh, but some veterans groups are not pleased with the proposal, despite the increase in funding to uh, both the military and veterans. We'll speak with Will Fisher, director of congressional affairs for VoteVets.org, about all of that shortly. Uh, also not pleased with all of the above. Is, yes, I'm talking about you. You're already Desi Doyen. Uh, I already know where this be, is going. Yes, Desi Doyen will be joining us uh, for the Green News Report a little bit later. And uh, there's always some good news in, in the Green News Report, but... I don't know if there's any good news in today's Green News report. Well, you know, I, yeah, I tried. Yeah, all right, well. How about keep, less keep bad trying. news? Less bad news, right. <laughs> and um, I'm sure I say something funny in it. We'll see. Uh, more, more groups, uh, specifically scientific and medical research groups now, are speaking out today against the uh, that proposed uh, budget from Donald Trump, charging that it will have a devastating effect. NBC News um, reports that the uh, the plan to cut billions of dollars in funding to medical and scientific research agencies would cost the country countless jobs. It would stall medical advances and threaten America's status as the world leader in science and medicine, according to advocates. Cutting the funding in this way will have a devastating and generation-long effect, says Dr. Cl uh, Clifford Hudis, CEO of the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Those are cancer doctors, in case uh, you're unclear. Um, the medical research is a fundamental driver of American economic strength, and it is being compromised here, Hudis told uh, NBC News. Multiple organizations express shock and disappointment at Trump's budget proposal, which adds $54 billion in defense spending but uh, slashes nearly $6 billion from the National Institutes of Health, which funds most basic medical research in this country. A lot of people don't understand that. They think this is all the research is done by private ph uh, pharmaceutical companies. In fact, a lot of the, uh, the basic discoveries are initially made by the National Institutes of Health, and then they're shared with... Uh, with these private companies so they can develop them into actual products. Um, but anyway, that would slash $6 billion from the uh, National Institutes of Health, as well as eliminate entirely dozens of other agencies and programs. NBC reports that it would cut the overall Health and Human Services Department budget by 18%. There would be a 20 percent budget reduction at the uh, National Institutes for Health, and it would re reassign money from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to the states, the CDC. 
essentially uh, killing the CDC, turning it into uh, 50 different state programs if those states want to uh, continue it. And not to put too fine a point on it, but the CDC, they're the ones that jump in and stop pandemics. Indeed. Uh, and uh, as, as uh, some of these experts have noted here, uh, most cancer drugs uh, get their start in the basic research uh, funded by the NIH. The American Lung Association urged Congress to ignore Trump's budget blueprint and increase funding instead. The American Heart Association president, Steve Hauser, said he was shocked by the budget propo- proposal. He said, I thought uh, I thought we were all all of us interested in improving the health of all Americans. He said we need to give more, not less. The American Heart Association projects that by 2035, up to half of all Americans will have heart disease. And uh, Hauser said that uh, if we don't figure out how to slow, stop or reverse these trends, we are going to pay way more down the road. He said you can save six billion dollars today but spend $1 trillion down the road. As to the uh, CDC, the budget reforms there um, will will include a $500 million block grant to states. The White House says the idea is to allow states flexibility. That's their word. Let them be flexible as far as which diseases they wish to worry about. Uh, the American Lung Association CEO Harold Wim- Wimmer says uh, that he calls that a radical change. He says that approach would have devastating impacts on state asthma programs, tobacco prevention and cessation, cessation and uh, tuberculosis control. The National Institutes of Health had just gotten a big boost in the budget resolution that Congress had passed just this past December. A 6.6% funding increase to $32 billion. Trump's budget takes $6 billion of that back out and eliminates the uh, Fogarty International Center, which coordinates international medical research. Uh, Ellie Dihony of the uh, advocacy group Research America says it's kind of like pretending that Ebola doesn't exist and that it doesn't come into our country. Boy, if uh, America has made much greater, uh, I don't again, I don't know if we're going to be able to uh, survive it. You can't handle all the greatness. I can't handle all of this greatness. I got to say. But it's not just these advocacy groups uh, that are worried about the cuts to the NIH and to the CDC. Uh, Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma, top Republican who sits on the House Appropriations and Budget Committees, uh, said today that he was not on board with uh, all of these uh, cuts, these proposed cuts from Donald Trump. He said, I don't favor cutting NIH or Centers for Disease Control. You're much more likely to die in a pandemic than a terrorist attack. And so that's part of the defense of the country as well. Cole said uh, today on MSNBC. Uh, and, you know, I was struck because it sounds like there are so many things that you are more likely to die from, whether it's losing health care, whether it's from a pandemic than you are from a terrorist attack that we continue to be obsessed with. Uh, and certainly Donald Trump continues to be obsessed with. Cole said these, in my view, are cuts that are very short sighted. These are investments the country ought to be making, not cutting. Cole indicated that Congress would not approve the deep cuts. You'll be happy about this, Des, would not approve the deep cuts Trump has proposed to the Environmental Protection Agency. Well, I hope he puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. 
I'm not holding my breath, to be frank. Uh, he says almost half of the EPA's budget, frankly, is grants for clean water and tribal grants, things of that nature. I think those are popular and pretty well served, Cole said. He said, I, he added, I think the EPA will get a haircut, but I doubt it will be quite as deep as this budget suggests. I'll believe it when I see it. I know. You know? You're, you're dubious, are you? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> me too. Uh, we, we played, uh, and, and there's good reason, we played a, a clip from uh, the White House Office of Management and Budget, uh, Mick Mulvaney, uh, who heads that office, uh, from Morning Joe yesterday, arguing, uh, Mulvaney was, that he, he can't, well, he can justify that voters pay for defense spending increases, but he can't possibly ask a coal miner or a single mother to pay for things like the Corporation for Public Broadcasting or, apparently, like uh, Cures for Cancer. Uh, or preventing pandemics. He just he can't uh, justify uh, paying for that because he said that they get nothing from that. Essentially, those programs just don't work. Apparently, programs like uh, like Meals on Wheels. Here's here's a little bit more of, of what he had to say on Morning Joe yesterday. What do you say to a family right now who is a low-income family and depends on this kind of money? What do you say to a teacher who's busting his or her butt every day and relies on this money? What happens to them? A lot of those programs that we target at, they sound great, don't they? They always do. We don't, we don't put a bad name on a program. The programs are always wonderful. It's always small business or whatever. They don't work. A lot of them simply don't work. I can't justify them to the folks who are paying the taxes. I can't go to the auto worker in Ohio and say, please give me some of your money so that I can do this program over here someplace else that really isn't helping anybody. Really isn't helping anybody. These these programs, they're just they're just not helping. I know. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, he keeps repeating that, oh, that single mother in Detroit or that auto worker or that coal miner. And listen to his rhetoric and realize that what he's actually saying, he's not talking about, you know, the regular average Americans. He's talking about making sure that wealthy people don't pay a penny for it. He doesn't ever mention them. He just uses that rhetoric of, oh, yeah, that poor single mom. He's really talking about billionaires and millionaires. Uh, indeed. And here's someone he's not speaking about. Last night on uh, CNN, I think this was Van Jones. Uh, for his show, went to the apartment of uh, of a Meals on Wheels recipient, a woman by the name of uh, Krista Patton. Here's here's a piece of that. I've got a very important congressman on tonight. Uh, if you could tell him anything, and what would you say to that congressperson? I think you should try to put yourself in my situation. And what would you do? I'm like I indicated. I am on a fixed income. I am basically homebound. I haven't been out of this apartment in like seven years. How else would I eat? I don't know. I really don't know how I would receive healthy food. And, you know, uh, I used to laugh about the jokes about senior citizens eating dog food. I can understand now (laughs) exactly what they're talking about. Uh, now, to his credit, that uh, uh, that very important congressman that Van Jones was was mentioning he was going to be talking to on that show, uh, who was to appear on the show, uh, Republican Congressman Chris Collins of New York. He watched that clip, that interview uh, with that woman, <clears throat> and uh, and he vowed that he would not allow one dollar to be cut from the Meals on Wheels program. Whether that turns out to be true or not, uh, Mick Mulvaney uh, also yesterday uh, was speaking to reporters at the uh, at the White House, and he defended uh, 
The cuts to uh, most of the $3 billion Community Development Block Grants program, which provides funding to states for Meals on Wheels, among other programs. He was pressed by a reporter specifically on the effect of the cuts on programs like Meals on Wheels, and Mulvaney stressed that the program wasn't a direct federal program. It was one that states can decide to fund if they want with their federal community development block grants. Those uh, so-called CDBGs. Uh, The CDBGs have been identified as programs since the second Bush administration as ones that were just not showing any results. We can't do that anymore, Mulvaney said. We can't spend money on programs just because they sound good. He said, great. Meals on Wheels sounds great. That's a decision to uh, that's a state decision to fund that particular portion Uh, He said so he's not all that interested uh, justifying the cuts more broadly to those block grants. Mulvaney said uh, to take the federal money money and give it to the states and say, look, we're going to give you money for programs that don't work. I can't defend that anymore. We can't defend that. Exactly what he had said uh, pretty much in that clip. Yeah, he also suggested that uh, after-school programs that provide children with a safe space and food that feeds hungry children. They don't work. He Those said, yeah, that doesn't work. We can't actually show that it improves school testing scores. Therefore, we should cut it. That was his essential idea. But the, the number of folks who, who now stand to be hurt by these policies, as we have been listing them over the past week, uh, under this Republican Congress and this Republican president, uh, whether it's cuts to health care, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, which is also cut, by the way, in the Republican health care plan, uh, or to the innumerable federal programs that we have been list- listing here that uh, that Trump hopes to slash. Uh, the toll is mounting and it remains terrifying, frankly. Because there really is, uh, you know, the Republicans make these claims that, oh, we like this program or we like that program. But these are cuts they have been talking about for years and years. And now there is nobody to stop them. And so I think, you know, what we are looking at and the toll here over the next few years uh, remains terrifying, frankly. But hey, uh, folks in the military and veterans, they ought to be happy about all of this, right? At least they'll be set to uh, receive huge increases in funding from federal taxpayers as America is made great again, right? Well, maybe not. And that story is next on the broadcast as I'll be joined by Will Fisher of Vote Vets from Capitol Hill. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all 
or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. All right, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Donald Trump, along with his new Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary, David Shulkin, who was actually an Obama appointee, and I, I believe he's the uh, one of the only, if not the only, Obama appointees named by Trump for a top-level position in his administration. In any event, Trump and Shulkin met with a number of veterans groups today for what was described as a listening session in the White House Roosevelt Room. The president opened uh, the meeting with uh, remarks describing the uh, veterans assembled there as a special group of people. Very special to me. Very important, he said. He said, I want to thank you all for being here and for your work on behalf of our nation's veterans, our great, great people, our veterans. We're all united by a very common mission, he said. We will protect those who protect us. I've been saying that a lot over the last two years at rallies and speeches, he said. We will protect those who protect us. And that's just starting because I think the veterans have not been treated fairly. Well, have they been? And if not, will they be treated fairly now? Trump vowed uh, both on the campaign trail and again today at the uh, at the White House that a lot of improvements will be made. And as he claimed today are already being made, quote, ahead of schedule. At the VA, he added that, quote, as commander in chief, I will not accept substandard service for our great veterans. The press was then ushered out of the room for the actual conversation with the veterans group. So we uh, we don't know what was actually discussed at this point. We have been covering the uh, deep and in many ways extraordinarily cruel budget cuts that have been proposed across the board by the Trump administration uh, on Thursday, slashing funding for science such as the EPA and the National Institutes for Health and the CDC. U.S. diplomacy uh, would also see uh, very deep, unprecedented cuts at the State Department. The arts would be cut, of course, at the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Arts and at the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And, of course, aid to the poor, such as the Meals on Wheels programs, heating assistance, public schools, and much more affecting Americans at home, and even uh, millions around the world in war-ravaged nations and elsewhere, uh, millions who rely on U.S. aid and assistance abroad. All of that, the proposal and the uh, and the president himself have made clear are to help pay for mammoth increases in our military budget, an increase the likes of which has not been seen, frankly, since uh, Ronald Reagan in the 1980s. And oh, yeah, to pay for Trump's Mexico-U.S. border wall. While the cuts to domestic and other non-military spending would be brutal for many, Trump's proposal also includes an increase in medical spending for the Department of Veterans Affairs, increasing the overall VA budget by 6% to nearly $79 billion. That includes about $4.5 billion for VA health care to, quote, improve patient access and timeliness of medical care services for over 9 million enrolled veterans according to the White House budget plan. 
Uh, it reads that this funding would enable the department to provide a broad range of primary care, specialized care, and related medical and social support services to enrolled veterans, including services that are uniquely related to veterans' health and special needs. Well, that sounds good. Uh, for veterans, anyway. So uh, how do veterans groups actually feel about Trump's budget proposal, given that they and active military will be presumably one of the few actual beneficiaries, other than military contractors and, and other corporations, I guess, to supposedly gain from the president's budget proposal if it were to be passed by Congress as currently proposed? Uh, which, as we've also been noting, is said to be highly unlikely. Democrats, of course, on Capitol Hill strongly oppose the plan, but even a number of Republicans in the House and Senate have voiced uh, a number of objections. Some top Republicans have even declared parts of Trump's proposal as dead on arrival. Joining us now to get a sense of how uh, at least some veterans feel about this proposal is Will Fisher. He's a Marine and a decorated uh, combat veteran of the war in Iraq who works on Capitol Hill each day as the director of government relations for VoteVets.org, the largest progressive veterans group in America, founded in 2006 and now... I was going to say unfortunately, but now representing more than 500,000 vets, families and supporters. Will Fisher, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, thank you very, very much for having me on today. Great to have you. All right. Before we get to your uh, your organization's response to the president's proposed budget, uh, he held that listening session today at the White House with the uh, uh, VA Secretary Chulkin. I know there were about 10 veterans groups that were reportedly present. The American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars, uh, Disabled American Veterans, but also not included uh, were some of the groups that we've talked to over the years on this show, including the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, the IAVA, uh, the Wounded Warriors Project, and Vote Vets. Any explanation or response to, uh, well, I want to call it an apparent snub, Will Fisher? Well, I don't think, uh, you know, I can't really claim, uh, you know, speak to who did and who did not receive an invite. But mm -hmm. while we're talking about invitations, I don't know if you saw this, but before the press was ushered out of the room for the listening session, uh, Mr. Trump went on to say that later on tonight at Mar-a-Lago, he was going to be having, quote, a big, big meeting about the VA. He uh, then looked over at Dr. Shulkin, his VA secretary, and said, uh, will you be there? To which Dr. Shulkin very sheepishly looked down and shook his head no. So not only uh, has Donald Trump not been listening to veterans, but now he's going to have, quote, a big, big meeting at the VA down at Mar-a-Lago, and his own VA secretary is not even going to be in the room. Amazing. So, not surprising at all. Uh, Donald Trump has a long track record of attacking veterans and military families, sure, on the campaign trail, and even now. And this budget is a prime example. You know, what we're trying to do, what we want to communicate is that his budget, if there's any shame left in the White House, should cause them to be ashamed. This is un-American, and it's a, a blatant attempt to try to divide military and veterans and everyone else, to try to tell the American people that they have to make a choice. Hey, do you want new equipment for a VA, or do you want heating assistance for a family down on their luck in Indiana who may freeze to death? 
do we want um, national defense or do we want to have clean air and water? These are not choices. These are not choices that we are willing to make. And all the while, you have Donald Trump and his billionaire friends not even there doing their part to pay their fair share in funding all of this. So his budget is an absolute attack on veterans because all of those other services Mm -hmm. that you talked about that were being cut directly impact veterans as well. Because I'm, uh, you know, is increased funding at the VA going to make the air I have to clean and breathe any cleaner because you're gutting the EPA, President Trump? Absolutely not. Are we going to be creating more veterans because you're going to be cutting uh, the first line in defense, which is diplomacy, by gutting the State Department? Is more increase in military spending going to make uh, uh, climate change slow down? because you're gutting climate change science Mm. from the State Department and the EPA? No, these are issues that affect veterans every step of the way. Oh, and lest we forget, the 500,000 veterans who received assistance from Mills on Wheels just last year. Mm. So, look, Donald Trump, he likes veterans when he needs a photo op. Donald Trump likes veterans when he's hosting a campaign rally. But when it comes to actually ensuring that veterans have access to things like good jobs, Donald Trump's not interested. When it comes to things like veterans having access to quality health care through a strong, fully funded and fully staffed VA, Donald Trump's not interested. And when it comes to veterans being able to live out the American dream we fought to protect and defend, again, Donald Trump is not interested. Uh, You can talk about funds for the VA, for instance. We mentioned that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what about the federal hiring freeze that Donald Trump has put into place, which has directly resulted already, already, in a lengthening of wait times and a growing of the VA backlog? This is happening. And so his federal hiring freeze is another prime example of an attack on veterans. Not only is it preventing veterans from being able to have access to uh, the benefits we earned, but look, it's also denying thousands of veterans opportunity for gainful employment. As you may know, the federal government's the largest employer of veterans in this country. In fact, 31% of all federal employees are veterans. So, Donald Trump, you can have a photo op, but we're not picking up what you're putting down. And this budget is a prime example of Donald Trump's disdain for America's veterans. Uh, Will Fisher, I wanted to ask you, uh, since uh, Trump mentioned this today during that uh, so-called listening session, that things have already begun to improve at uh, at the VA, your, your comments, your remarks there uh, suggest that is absolutely not the case. Uh, but ha- have there been any improvements, notable or otherwise? And by the way, I will note uh, that uh, Fox News is uh, reporting today that Donald Trump has ordered uh, the uh, all of the VA facilities to put his picture up on the wall. But other than that, and I'm not kidding on that, that was reported this morning um, yes, by Fox, <laughs> but other than that fine improvement, uh, Will Fisher, uh, ha- have there been any signs of changes since the new administration has, uh, has come into office? Well, look, he instituted the federal hiring freeze almost on day one, which, again, is a double whammy to the veteran community. Uh, I would say, to his credit, it was wonderful to hear Dr. Shulkin last week providing testimony at a House Veterans and a Joint 
uh, House Senate uh, VA committee mm-hmm. that they will now uh, treat uh, and provide mental health care mm-hmm. to veterans of all discharge statuses. Uh, that was something that Dr. Shulkin announced. That's a great improvement. Well, H- have they have they the not offered uh, such uh, such care previously? No, to receive treatment from the VA, you, one has to uh, have been honorably discharged. Okay, so now it so, will apply to anyone who who needs uh, mental health services, any veterans who need mental health services. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but uh, but one of the things that we try to lift up is that the VA, despite some of the false rhetoric that is out there, provides world-class health care. RAND Corporation and independent study after independent study has shown that the VA provides equal or better health care than the private sector across the board. But what Donald Trump wants to do is Donald Trump wants to take my VA card away and instead hand me a voucher and say, oh, go out into the private sector, which is going to pull money from the VA, money that is your tax dollars, and put that into the pocket of his billionaire buddies who are private hospital executives. He said uh, today at these, at his listening session that, uh, quote, Obamacare is dead. Some of you folks have yourself. You have family members that have suffered greatly under Obamacare. Um, as long as you uh, uh, j- jumped a bit forward to this, how will the uh, Trump-Ryan GOP health care scheme uh, that they are trying to move forward, uh, the the American Health Care Act uh, to replace the Affordable Care Act. How, how will that affect veterans uh, specifically? Do you uh, do you yet have any idea on that? Does uh, does VoteVets.org have a position yet on the uh, on the Republican health care plan? Absolutely. So let me just say right out of the gate for any of your listeners who might not be aware of this, not all veterans qualify for health insurance from mm-hmm. the VA. So because of that, we literally have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of veterans who have insurance today because of the Affordable Care Act. That's categorically true. We have seen uh, in recent studies, one from the Urban Institute that came out, Mm -hmm. that the number of uninsured veterans in this country has dropped dramatically since the Affordable Care Act was passed. Next, while many veterans are eligible and do receive high-quality health care from the VA, their spouse, their children, they're not eligible to go to the VA. Mm. As such, if we see a repeal of the Affordable Care Act and it being replaced by Trump Care, we are going to see the number of uninsured veteran family members go through the roof. And the last bit I would say, you know, mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about the VA on this call. If we see a repeal of the Affordable Care Act and it being replaced by Trump Care, we are going to see a, a huge influx of people turning exclusively to the VA, which, again, thanks to Donald Trump's federal hiring freeze, we're already seeing an increase in wait times. We're already seeing a growing of the backlog. And if, this, if the Affordable Care Act is repealed and replaced by Trump Care, it's only going to get worse. Uh, Will Fisher, as your uh, I, I, as as the uh, 
uh, Director of Government Affairs for VoteVets.org. I know you spend a lot of time on Capitol Hill. I believe you were there yesterday uh, when uh, Trump's budget proposal was sent, landed, went public. Uh, And again today, what are you hearing from, uh, frankly, uh, from both Republicans and Democrats uh, and how they may be differing at this point in response to uh, to these budget proposals? I would think... You know, you know, they would welcome you in. Oh, you're a veteran. We're increasing the funds. Isn't this fantastic? Uh, is that what you're hearing from uh, Republicans and Democratic lawmakers? No, because it's on uh, it's on us to remind people that veterans are not some type of isolated segment of society. We're your next door neighbors. We're the coach of your daughter's little league team. We are in the community, and any issue that affects uh, America's working class also affects veterans. And this budget is a direct assault on veterans. It's a direct assault on every working-class person in this country. And as you pointed out, Bert and Ernie are even under attack. (laughs) Yes. Nobody, nobody is going to leave unscathed by the Trump budget except for, you know, a handful of people who are, you know, knocking back gin and tonics tonight at Mar-a-Lago celebrating their you know, their new budget. You had mentioned, uh, Will, that uh, uh, VoteVets is concerned about the idea of, you know, pitting uh, uh, the military sort of against everyone else in this budget. Uh, in, in your response, in, in VoteVets.org's uh, uh, a statement put out, uh, you reiterated that as well, saying we will not allow Donald Trump to pit veterans and the military against everyone else. But, you know, uh, Will... Uh, I'm progressive. Uh, This is, you know, we cover a lot of progressive issues. But I got to say, I've heard of, you know, from many who are concerned about the cuts that Trump and uh, the Republicans are proposing. But I've heard very little from progressives so far about the proposed increases to military spending uh, for a military that is already the largest the planet has ever seen. And, you know, while clearly we need to do more to support our veterans, do we really need to increase general military spending at this point, particularly to the tune of $54 billion? Is the military itself uh, really lacking resources at this point? You are a combat veteran, uh, you know, in, in Iraq. You're familiar with what we have and what we don't. Is this something that is is really needed at this point to spend all of these billions beefing up the largest military the globe has ever known? Look, no one is questioning uh, the fact that America needs to have a, a strong national defense. We need to have a, a military that is ready and equipped uh, for the modern century. Mm-hmm. For, um, and we have to keep things up to speed and... Part of that uh, will be always investing in our military. What we don't want to see happen is this ridiculous notion that somehow we need to be forcing the American people to make a choice between having a strong military and a strong national defense or having uh, heating assistance for um, someone on hard times who very well may be a veteran or from having food available to uh, free and reduced lunches in our schools and aftercare programs, choosing between having uh, you know uh, uh, new equipment at a VA or uh, 
scientists investigating climate change. We need all of these things, and we need to ensure that everyone is paying their fair share so we can realize and have all of these things. Can, can you explain uh, something to me I've been trying to figure out for the past few days since this issue came up, Will? Uh, can, can you explain why Trump, uh, who claims, obviously, to want to beef up the military and beef up security for the border and beef up law enforcement, uh, can you explain, but he, he's actually cutting the Coast Guard, as I understand it, or hopes to cut it, um, which which does all three. It's you know military, it's uh, border security, it's law enforcement. Uh, do you have any idea, any explanation for those proposed cuts to the to the Coast Guard? Do they no longer count as military, Will Fisher? Uh, no, our Coast Guard is absolutely part of our defense. But again, trying to crawl into the brain of Donald Trump and figure <laughs> out why he is and is not doing something is uh, is a uh, an endeavor that I'm not sure anyone is prepared for. But I will tell you, for a guy who likes talking a lot about walls, it sure seems ironic that he's tearing down uh, our 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 uh, our walls from the sea. By wanting to gut the Coast Guard, our first line of defense. Uh, but again, beefing up the military, wanting to have parades, you know, this goes back, this is the same guy who said he always wanted a Purple Heart when he was on the campaign trail. This is the guy, I mean, look, if you always wearing a Purple Heart, for crying out loud, I got one, but, you know, nobody's going to get one taking five deferments during the middle of a war, Donnie. I mean, but again, that's because we're not, we're talking about in the person who occupies the White House, the most capricious charlatan to ever occupy the White House, and he's a chicken hawk to boot. This is somebody who, you know, uh, wants to put on his, you know, Navy flight jacket when he goes and tours a ship and uh-huh. looks tough and doesn't mind sending people into combat. Not his kids, right? Eric and Donnie Jr. and Ivan- Ivanka, Tiffany, they're not putting on a flak jacket anytime soon. Let, right, let, but uh, Donald Trump doesn't mind sending the kids of your listeners into combat. Yep, uh, yeah, and uh, he seems to be uh, ready to do that more and more and more locations around the world, despite running as uh, you know the guy who was going to be uh, to bring pre- peace. Uh, I got just a, a minute or two here. Will uh, votevets.org has been running what I think is a very powerful ad on television, and I, I can't recall, uh, but I feel like I may have seen this one during the Super Bowl. Is that po- did you guys run an ad during the Super Bowl? As far as you so know, we have two ads. Uh, we have two ads up one right now. We have one where it's one of our members who mm-hmm. is an amputee who was lifting weights in the gym, basically saying. You know, Donald Trump, you say you want to be, uh, you know, a legitimate president, but you're taking our health care away. You have this ridiculous Muslim, racist Muslim ban. Let me, let me play that. Be- well, hang on. Let me let me play that ad here because we have that one uh, standing by. And, and then let me get I want to get some thoughts on it for you. Uh, this is uh, that amputee uh, vote vets uh, uh, member uh, lifting weights. And you can uh, hear what he has to say in the voiceover. President Trump. I hear you watch the morning shows. Here's what I do every morning. Look, you lost the popular vote. You're having trouble drawing a crowd and your approval rating keeps sinking. But kicking thousands of my fellow veterans off their health insurance by killing the Affordable Care Act and banning Muslims won't help. That's not the America I sacrificed for. You want to be a legitimate president, sir? Then act like one. 
That's the uh, ad from one of the ads from VoteVets.org. Will, we talked a, a little bit about uh, Obamacare and, and your concern about uh, getting rid of that. But, yeah, as you started to say, uh, Trump's attempted Muslim ban. Um, explain to me, uh, as, a, as a combat veteran, what are your concerns about that uh, as, as a veteran? He claims that this is an urgent thing that must be done for national security. So uh, your thoughts on that ban as, as a, uh, a dire national security measure? Well, a few things. I could talk to you about why I'm against the Muslim ban as a veteran. I could talk to you about it and talk about combat experience. I could talk to you about why I'm against it because it violates the con- violation of the Constitution. I'd like to also just point out that I'm opposed to it, and we're opposed to it because it's wrong. And it is absolutely not in line with the oath that I swore to uphold and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States when I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And on a national security front, look, right now, Donald Trump is deploying troops into Syria. Now, how in the world are our commanders on the ground supposed to go to Syria and say, hey, work with us, help us out, and we'll be sure we'll take care of you, when all they have to do is turn on the TV and see us turning away Afghanis who helped us, turning away Iraqis who helped us, and sentencing those people to death, people who kept Marines from walking into ambushes, people who kept soldiers from crossing over and getting blown up by an, I, by an IED. These are people who served right alongside us, and we're saying, Donald Trump is saying, no, you're not welcome here. Now, how are we supposed to work with local communities anywhere in the world after this, after we've turned our backs on people who've served right alongside of us? Good question. Uh, well, before I let you go... Um I know that Vote Vets uh, supports uh, veterans running for office as well. Um, have you seen any notable uptick in interest among your members uh, in that regard as far as uh, running for office uh, in the years ahead in 2018? Have you seen any uptick in interest in that regard uh, since last year's election? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think it was notable to think about just a couple of veterans who were just elected uh, this last time, Vote Vets endorsed candidate Tammy Duckworth, mm-hmm. right, now a United States senator. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, of course, we're also seeing just veterans, uh, more and more veterans running across uh, the political, uh, from local races all the way up. Now, part of that's also just the fact that we've been at war now for 16 years, mm-hmm. and I was at the very beginning of that, and people my age, you know, I'm 34 years old, we're getting to that age of of seeking public office. And I think we are in uh, the coming years going to see more and more veterans running. And I think we're going to see more and more progressive running, veterans running as well. That would be nice. Uh, Will Fisher, uh, the um, government relations director for VoteVets.org, uh, decorated combat veteran from uh, the uh, the Iraq War uh, and a Marine. Will, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your service, uh, both as a Marine and now for your country. It is, uh, it is greatly appreciated. Uh, you can get more information on them at VoteVets.org and, of course, on the Facebooks and the Twitters at VoteVets. Will, really appreciate your time today, sir. Brad, thank you so much, and I look forward to coming on again sometime soon. Oh, you'll be sorry. We'll take you up on that. Thanks, Will. Be well, brother.
All right, a quick break, and we're back with uh, Desi Doyen and her always delightful, always funny, always upbeat Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. There's no stopping it. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. My thanks once again to Will Fisher. Uh, and and since he uh, mentioned uh, climate change and the yes. importance of defense, on, well, you know what? I'll, let me do this. Let's uh, let's get to our green news report, and then I'll come back with uh, with this story uh, concerning uh, our defense, our uh, national security, and climate change uh, by way of uh, giving us something to cheer us up after your not very funny <laughs> no. at all latest green news report we want to be the car capital of the world again we will be and it won't be long believe me trump orders epa to roll back fuel economy standards and plans to cut epa's budget even more than previously known researchers have confirmed that for the second year in a row australia's great barrier reef has fallen victim to mass bleaching large sections of the great barrier reef have died thanks to global warming Plus, they began coming down from the mountains and now they aren't going back. Six years after the Fukushima nuclear disaster, radioactive bores complicate residents' return. All of those complications and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Let it be known, if you are driving a Prius... And I support NPR bumper sticker is redundant. We know. Yes, we know. Coexist. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, we're learning more and more about Donald Trump's plans, hopes to slash the Environmental Protection Agency today. Yes, yes, we are. More on that in a moment, though. First, President Trump went to Michigan on Wednesday to announce he has ordered the EPA to begin the lengthy process of rolling back stringent fuel economy standards for cars and trucks sold in the United States. Fantastic. We're going to work on the CAFE standards so you can make cars in America again. Of course, American automakers never stopped making cars in America, but those fuel standards were set to come into effect in 2022 and would have reduced carbon emissions and air pollution and saved consumers thousands of dollars at the gas pump. By increasing mileage on those cars. Indeed. Automakers had agreed to the higher CAFE standards in the auto industry bailout back in 2009, but last month they requested the Trump administration rewrite those standards, claiming they're too expensive. And now consumers are preferring SUVs 
because of low gas prices. Climate Progress reports that rescinding those higher fuel economy standards will cost consumers nearly $2,000 in additional net fuel costs, increase asthma rates, and ultimately will undermine the U.S. automakers' competitiveness as the rest of the world moves toward more efficient fuel economy standards. Yeah, but on Fox News, they told viewers that these cafe standards were terrible, were hurting the car industry. Of course, they were lying, but... Donald Trump believes any lie he hears on Fox News. In fact, Consumer Reports has found that 84 percent of Americans want automakers to continue improving fuel efficiency. Meanwhile, the Trump administration also plans even deeper cuts to the budget of the Environmental Protection Agency than previously thought just a few weeks ago. Instead of 25 percent, now it's 31 percent. For comparison, last year, congressional Republicans suggested the EPA's budget should be $8 billion. Then the Trump administration proposed a budget of $6 billion. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt then asked for $7 billion. The Trump White House responded by cutting EPA's budget further to $5.7 billion. So they're not even giving Scott Pruitt, the new head of the EPA who hates the EPA, they're not even giving him the money that he wants. They want to cut it more than him. Exactly. Now, these are only proposals. The numbers may, could change when the budget goes to Congress. Oh, it will. I know even Republicans are not happy about cutting the EPA that much. More heat has been absorbed by the oceans over the last 50 years than has previously been reported. That's the conclusion of an international team of American and Chinese scientists in a new study that uses updated ocean temperature data and new analysis techniques to measure the heat content of the planet's oceans. The researchers say the oceans are warming 13 percent faster than previously believed, and that the ocean's heat uptake is accelerating. The ocean heat has been damaging coral reefs around the world, and now large sections of the Great Barrier Reef are confirmed dead. That's according to Australia's lead management agency for the reef. They warn that unless the ocean heat subsides, some areas of the reef may never recover. The central part of the world's largest reef is now showing signs of extensive bleaching due to record high ocean temperatures off the coast of Australia as the ocean heat wave extends into a second consecutive year. Good thing we're lowering the emission standards on our cars here. Finally, this week marks the sixth anniversary of the meltdown of the three nuclear reactors at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant in Japan after a record earthquake and tsunami in 2011. The plant still requires extraordinary daily efforts to keep the reactors cool, and officials are still struggling with storage and disposal of staggering amounts of radioactive water and waste. The cost of cleanup is now an estimated $188 billion, double previous estimates. And now, efforts to allow residents to return to some of the towns within the exclusion zone have been hampered by herds of radioactive wild boars that have taken over the abandoned towns. Wow. And I thought radioactive wild boars had taken over our country. (laughs) For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Well, I'm not uptight, not unattractive. Turn me on tonight, because I'm a radioactive, yeah. radioactive. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, Des, uh, not all that funny. Yeah. Not all that funny, your Green News Report. Although, but, you know, radioactive boars, wild boars is kind of kind of funny. funny. Yeah, well, I guess maybe. so. If you don't actually have to live in Fukushima and yeah. deal with the 
radiation and so forth, not well, to mention yeah. the boars. Um, speaking of boars, uh, Secretary of Defense uh, James Mattis, I want to hit this real quick because maybe this is good news. Maybe this is some good news. You didn't have time to get it into your Green News report this week, but uh, Secretary of Defense James Mattis uh, told senators in written testimony following his January confirmation hearing that climate change was a national security issue that also required a, quote, whole of government response. It's one of the things that I think uh, Will Fisher was referring to uh, in our conversation earlier. Mattis, so this is uh, theoretically good news. Mattis has acknowledged climate change as a national security issue in the past, uh, including as uh, Joint Forces uh, Commander in in the 2010 Joint Operating Document. Uh, these are statements. Um, these are new statements. Actually, they're old statements, but they were published this week by ProPublica. Um, and he becomes the first member of the Trump administration to tie climate change to national security. In, uh, in a written response to a question from an unnamed Democratic senator that uh, ProPublica had got a hold of these written responses, uh, he said climate change is impacting stability in areas of the world where our troops are operating today. Uh, he, he told uh, Senator Jean Shaheen in answer to uh, one of her questions where she had asked if he viewed climate change as a national security threat. He said climate change can be a driver of instability and the Department of Defense must pay attention to potential adverse impacts generated by this phenomenon. Shaheen had asked how the military should prepare for this threat of climate change. And Mattis said, as I noted above, climate change is a challenge that requires a broader whole of government response. If confirmed, he said at the time, I will ensure that the Department of Defense plays its appropriate role within such a response by addressing national security aspects. He said, I agree that the effects of climate change, such as increased maritime access to the Arctic, rising sea levels, des uh, desertification, is that how you say it? Desertification? Yeah. That's the encroaching uh, desert as right? uh, more agricultural cropland turns to desert because of drought driven by climate change. He said uh, because of those effects uh, of, of, of climate change, uh, they impact our security situation. He said, I will ensure that we are prepared to address the effects of climate change on our threat assessments resources and readiness well, that's brilliant uh it's and brilliant sane. it's sane it's uh somewhat encouraging i realize it's only mildly encouraging but once again we take what we can get these yes. days in this uh in this trump era my thanks to our producer desi doyan of course to will fisher my guest today from votevets.org and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us it is greatly appreciated as is sharing the uh the broadcast far and wide Please do so. You can find us, follow us, and share us on the Twitters and the Facebooks at the Brad Blog. You can drop me email if you like. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. And my thanks as ever to those of you uh, who stop by Bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do the work that we do. You can also download any of our programs and share them from Bradblog.com. Love to see you there. Drop a comment, say hello. Uh, and is that it? That is it. I'm out of here. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.